0: This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Dropping the Gloves with Tim Wurzberger and John Scott. Your mom's gonna like that. Finally. I know. we. I got to meet Deirdre. Yeah, this has been a big week for us, John. Oh, it's been fantastic. So for those of you listening, thank you for listening, first of all. Second of all, Tim's mom's in town. I got to meet the elusive, the, I don't even know what title to call her, Mrs. Wurzberger. She's a great lady she's fantastic tim
1: yeah well you got to meet her at, uh, at your church concert last week and then last night i finally got to s- go over your house and have some uh pizza in the what do you call that thing the wood baked oven out back
0: the wood fire oven yeah, yeah i was i was blown away you had not been to my house yet because it seems like i've known you for a while and in- you were coming over and I was talking to my wife and we're like, has Tim ever been to my house? I'm like, no, he hasn't. So good. Yeah. We had Tim and his mom over. We threw some pies in the oven. We had some pizzas. We, uh, it was fun. It was a fun, fun night. Had some drinks, had some laughs all in good fun. Did you guys have fun? Or did you guys leave there? just kind of regretting coming to the Scott household.
1: I didn't regret it, but it was, it was okay. I wouldn't say fun would be the word.
0: You did not have fun.
1: It was okay. I mean, it wasn't terrible
0: interesting (laughs) there goes that next in no i'm just kidding we had a blast
1: we had a blast and the girls were great too
0: they're very intense my my kids
1: (laughs) they don't hold back
0: they don't leave much room for guests they literally smother every guest as soon as they walk through the door i don't know if they're sheltered or what but they were very excited to have anybody come over especially hockey puck tim it's a big deal they call him hockey puck tim because when he came to Chicago. He did a trick with a hockey puck and my kids thought it was the best thing since sliced bread and so now they just call him hockey puck tim which is pretty funny so anyways it was nice to meet your mom she's she's a great gal she's leaving today right
1: yep yep
0: she's typical mom doesn't hold anything back just kind of calls it like she sees it
1: <laughs> she's got no time for filters
0: no filters she's like walking into my house that i'm renovating she's like when are you going to be in here she's like, Ooh. boy really okay okay and your wife's okay with this i'm like oh okay (laughs) yeah she's funny but anyway so the draft happened we didn't really touch on that the last episode
1: no and it happened while we were having pizza and honestly we didn't miss much
0: you know what it was the most uneventful draft for all the hoopla after the stanley cup presentation oh we're gonna go into free agency this and that the draft kind of and i don't want to say it kind of was a dud because players got picked. It's the biggest day of these kids' lives. And um, no no real action. One trade, a couple trades involving teams moving up and down the draft board, but no players were involved, just more draft picks, a couple buyouts. But all in all, a pretty lackluster draft where usually you see a couple players moved and a couple decent-sized deals. But I think everyone's still trying to figure out the landscape of – Who's going to be a UFA coming up? Who's going to get offered RF? Like, which RFAs are going to be offered contracts? Who's going to be on the market? So maybe today we'll see a little bit more movement as far as players because today is the last day for teams, today being Wednesday, for teams to tender offers to their RFAs. So that'll open up a little bit more of a UFA market if uh, teams don't offer players contracts. I don't know. But it was very, very uninteresting. You know, I think it was – it was pretty predictable who was going to go first, second, third. Those guys were locked in. It was a deep draft, which was great. So Lafreniere goes number one. He's the second French-born player to be drafted number one in a long time. The last one was uh, Marc-Andre Fleury a while back. So the Rangers get him. They're stacked, the Rangers, for the next few years. Like they're absolutely loaded. So good for them. I don't know. Any, any comments on any of the picks? Anything stand out to you?
1: um quinn byfield yesterday was pick number two which is the highest ever pick for an african american player which is really cool
0: i like him i think and i I don't want to cut you off but i think his upside is so great his size and his skill level to be six four and have that kind of you know speed and and have those hands like his upside he is I think the LA fans will like him. I th- I like what they're doing there. They're not going to rush him, hopefully, because LA is going to be atrocious for the next few years. Once they get out from under those caps, you know, we'll see him kind of evolve into that role as the first line center, kind of supplant Anze Kopitar once he kind of relinquishes the reins a little bit. But anyway, sorry, go ahead, Tim. What other no, thoughts?
1: I mean, that was it. No, no, that was it. Just it was, it's pretty neat to see him the first or the highest picked uh, African American player ever in, ever in a draft. Uh, which is cool history, and hopefully we'll see one go first overall someday. Um, The the other little nugget I had, and nothing too crazy, but the Sharks had the 31st pick, which they must have got from someone in a trade. They got Uh, it
0: from Tampa Bay.
1: Okay. Doug Wilson, Jr. Yeah, that was the Barclay Gaudreau, right? Yes. Um, Doug Wilson, Jr., his Doug Wilson's son, obviously used sign language to announce the pick uh, Izzy Weisblatt because his mother is deaf, and she was watching on TV, so he used sign language to let her know that his son was picked in the first round, which is pretty cool.
0: That was pretty cool. You obviously have um hearing impairment. So did you like that? Did you kind of get a nod to that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. I gave him stick taps for that one.
0: Do you oh, – the stick, we got to stop using that saying. Uh, <laughs> do you know how to sign language? Like, are you no. Into that? No. No, no. That's not your thing. You know what I found was weird with that? That kid that they drafted, Ozzie Whitsum. Weisplat, Weisplat. His brother's names are Orca and Ocean. No, really? I just lost a lot of respect for that family after <laughs> I heard his brothers names were Orca and Ocean. Is like, Ozzy
1: short for something too?
0: Probably some silly.
1: Ozone layer?
0: <laughs> 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 like are you kidding me? What are we going to name our son? Orca. It's like ocean. It's like looking out the window, they live on the west coast of Canada. It's like what do we see? Ocean. Let's, let's name this name Ocean. But it, We talked about it earlier. Remember last episode we talked about being a GM and which team you would want to be a GM for, and I mentioned Ottawa. Now, this was their make-or-break draft. They had three picks in the first round. Many teams, many people were thinking they were going to, you know, make some moves, get some players who could contribute right away. Two in the top five. Two in the top five. Thank you, San Jose, Eric Carlson. That gift that just keeps on giving. And their own pick. And then they had the 28th pick from – I don't know who they got the 28th pick from, but I think they fared pretty well. They, the only pick I have a little bit of an issue with is their number five pick, Jake Sanderson. He's a good player. He's not, the way the game is going and the way it is right now, it's going away from the big defensemen. This guy, Sanderson's a good player. He, he moves the puck, you know, fairly well for his size. He's 6'2", 6'3", but they, they had a chance to get this Jamie Dreinsidel who is an absolute stud, and he plays for Erie in the OHL. He's he's the prototypical defenseman now. He's 5'10", 5'11", 175. I don't know why they passed up on this guy. I think maybe they wanted to go the physical route a little bit, which is strange because the league is not trending that way at all, and there's no signs that it's going to revert back to what it was. So anyway, they, like the Sanderson is still a great player. He's still got some offensive upside. He's still a good defenseman. But for me, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, I'm going for – You know where the league is going. I'm, I'm taking, and I don't know that. That's my only minute, minute, minute complaint about what they did because I think they did a great job in this draft. I think they're right in the mix now for a team to win a Stanley Cup within the next ten years. I say five to ten years. They're right in that conversation. I think they did that good, and I, I know it's hard to just. I don't want to do this to be this guy. He's like, Oh yeah, you know what? They're right in the mix. Ottawa's still a garbage fire. They're still terrible. These guys, the odds of all these guys panning out are slim to none. So like if, if you can get one of these three players to be a very, very good NHL player, you've succeeded. And I don't know, if you have a top five pick, let alone two, you know, what, what are you smiling at?
1: I think they could be a good team, too. They just need a stud goalie, stud defenseman, and stud forwards. And they, and then they're right there.
0: But exactly. That's what we said. But in five years, they have a good prospects pool. This Stutzel kid who plays in Germany, he's a great player. Like, he's really good. He's, a, he's just – he's got great puck handling skills. I don't know. He's got good hockey sense. He's just a good player. This defenseman is a big body who can play the power play if he wants to. So, I don't know. That was um, – that was my takeaway. And of course, you know, the, the the people ranking all the drafts, they gave Ottawa, everyone's all over him. this kind of blowing smoke up with their behind. But anyways, good for Ottawa. I don't think anything else really stood out. Nobody really went off the board too much. Columbus, obviously their GM, he's always up to something. So they picked a guy who, this was his second time through in the draft. And he obviously wasn't that great, his 18-year-old year. So he came back. Which is very rare, and so he came through and Columbus drafted him. I think he's a Russian, I want to say, but I'm not entirely sure. So that was, that was a little bit of a surprise. He wasn't even on people's draft board, and they, they ended up taking him. So, anyways, good draft. The Edmonton Oilers are resoundingly the grades for all the teams. They're getting an F. They think this Dylan Holloway, the centerman they took, is kind of a second, third round guy. It was a little bit of a stretch for them. So same old for Edmonton. Unless they have the first overall pick, they kind of strike out on their draft picks. Uh, But anyways, um, Toronto took this Russian kid, you know, same type of player that they all have. Mitch Marner, small guy, moves the puck well, just plays with speed, yada, yada, yada. They have a whole team worth of those guys would you expect Kyle Dubas to do anything else instead of just, he he wants guys who can get up and on the ice. He's he's got the same player on every single line. He has four lines of the same player. So I don't think anything's going to change. there. Montreal drafted a D-man, physical guy. Again, same thing as Ottawa. I love love those guys who play that game, but is that what's going to win in the NHL these days? I don't know. They already have Shea Weber. They have Jeff Petrie. They have guys who play that kind of role. Was that a good decision? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yada, yada, yada. We could go through every pick, but it was just kind of boring.
1: It was kind of boring. But we had some trades this week, though, including a big one yesterday.
0: We did. Friend of the show, Max Domi. Well, hopefully future friend of the show. I finally yeah. got a cell phone number. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I asked Tim to to get, him, get his number for me because Tim's so friendly with all the NHL guys. So I was like, Tim, can you get me Max Domi's number? It wasn't and, hard,
1: and, and don't be afraid to ask in the future. I'm happy to help.
0: I know. Well, it's funny. You play with these guys, and you have their number, and then he gets traded. And I've been texting his old phone for probably the last year and a half, trying to get him on the show. So someone out there is getting my text messages saying, hey, it's John Scott. Want to be on the show? <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? Hey, good game. Shoot me, shoot me a line. So some guy's like, this John Scott guy's a creep. Why does he keep <laughs> texting this other number? So anyways, he got traded. Yeah. A guy who we we expected to get traded, Josh Anderson, a guy who would have looked good in a Bruins uniform. But
1: would have he would have?
0: What? So it was Max Domi, a third rounder, going to Columbus and coming back to Montreal as Josh Anderson. Initial take: Who wins the trade? uh
1: I don't know if any team. I think they both did really well in this trade. No, no,
0: no, no, no. You have to pick one.
1: I'm gonna say Columbus. I think Domi a better, higher offer offensive upside um but there's there's some questions around him a little bit though I mean this is the the second time he's been traded he's only what 25 26 um he's kind of going the the Galchenyuk route a little bit um and and he was traded for Galchenyuk so I don't know I'd like to think that uh he's finally going to have a chance maybe out of the spotlight again after going after being in Montreal and hopefully he can have some big years ahead of him but I don't know. I don't know. But Josh Anderson, I think, is is the type of player that Montreal loves. It's kind of like uh, Brendan Gallagher, right? You put those two on a line, that's going to wreak havoc on the other team. Um, but I would say Columbus, just because I think Domi's got a higher upside. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's funny because Max, he, he is so kind of – he's good to give you 45, 50 points a year. I think that's what you can get out of Max Domi. I don't think he drives the first line. I think he's a good second and third line player, but I think if you just go from an impact on your team, I like Josh Anderson, but there is so many question marks surrounding his game. And if he's going to be able to get back to the level that we saw during the playoffs versus Boston during you know, his breakout season, because last year he was fighting, like he was fighting it. And he, I think he only had seven or eight points the whole year. He just wasn't effective. So which Josh Anderson are you going to get? Because I think Max, do you think Domi has hit his ceiling? Like is 50 points around where his ceiling is? I know, I know we got 72 points a year ago in his first year with Montreal, everything was clicking, but Throughout his career, his first year he got 50, his second year 40, third year 45, big year with Montreal 72, and last year 44. And this is, this is a guy who's getting decent power play time. He's, he's getting first, second-line minutes. What is his ceiling points-wise, Max Domi, do you think? Because I, I think it's right around the 50-point mark. Maybe he has another exploding year like he had last year with 72 and he gets another 70. But I think if, if you're getting Domi – for the next five years, you you can pencil him in for fifty points. Give her, you know, with a ten point swing. If he has a good year, if he has a down year, I don't know. So I just think I'm kind of going on and on here. I like Josh Anderson. I think Montreal wins this trade. I think even though they had to give up a third rounder and Max Domi to get Josh Anderson, and I'll tell Max this if he ever comes on the show. I like Josh Anderson. I like the big body. I think he plays well. I think he gives you more in the long run, And for Montreal, I think he helps help that forward group. They're an undersized forward group. I think when you look at that lineup from top to bottom, you have the Tatars, you have the denot, you have the Gallaghers, and then you had a in there. All these guys are five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot 10. You know, Paul Byron, you don't have a big body guy you can just throw in front of the net on the power play or in a crucial situation. So I like this pickup for Montreal. This is one of the few moves Bergeron has done to kind of help the team. It's a need that they had, and he scratched that itch. So I'll take Josh Anderson. I'm not just doing this to disagree with you, but I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you think about Domi? What's his ceiling?
1: I think he's got a higher ceiling than that. I think he'd be a point-per-game player in the right situation, um, especially if he's playing on the wing of, like, an elite center. But the problem is
0: –
1: John, you got me on speaker or something? Huh? No. I heard an echo. Um, so the problem is I don't think Columbus has that player. You know, he is, like if he's, if he's on the wing of, like, a Nicholas Backstrom, I think he's going to score 35 goals, right? Uh, does Columbus have that player? No. I mean, I think you, you really hey, saw – Right. We saw what he can do, but the, the sample size is small. We're not still sure what, what Dubois does in a full season. No,
0: we're sure about what Dubois does. He's a legitimate 1A centerman. Let's not just. Well,
1: uh, okay. I mean, he's, he hasn't played a full season yet. And last year, in the 70 games, he had 49 points. So we don't know yet. We, no, see, he we like, like him in the playoffs for a, for a series or two. We don't know.
0: He I, is an absolute stud. Do I agree.
1: Not... But you you watched, like, you watched him play three games. Like, you don't know either.
0: No. His first year, he had 48. His second year, he had 61. In a shortened season, he had 50. So, I think if those stats continue, you're looking at him to be a 70 to 80 point guy per year. Like, that's, like he's going to be a point per game centerman. And you did see it in, this, in the playoffs. Like, he carries the play. He stood out when he was on the ice. So, you can't just, like, say, oh, he's a joke. I didn't you know, say that. I'm just saying. He's only 22 years old. He's got great size. He's 6'3", 220.
1: I like he's him. Still, he's a great player.
0: Max Domi on his wing. They'll, you're right. They'll put up some points. But I, I just. It's, it's a win-win for both teams. But if I have to pick one team that, that it helps their team more. Josh Anderson gives. The, he checks more boxes than Max Domi checks for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm just saying, Josh Andrews, like, he's 6'3", 220, just like Dubois. You know, he's put up some decent points in his career. He's been, he's been around the block, but he's only 20, what is he, 26, 25, 26 years old, you know? So I, I expect Dubois, much like Domi, he'll put up 55 points, I think, 60 points. If he's healthy, that is the big if, if he is healthy, because he has had the injury bug last year. And when you play the type of game that he plays where he has to be physical, he has to get in front of the net, that is not a good sign. You've seen it with the Johan Franzens. You've seen it with the Ryan Close. You've seen it with these guys who once they get that first injury, next thing you know, it's like two injuries, three injuries, four injuries, and then their career's over. So hopefully this doesn't happen to this kid. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He's a Canadian boy. Maybe Montreal embraces him. Who knows? Hopefully he knows how to speak French. That's like a prerequisite when you go to Montreal. They immediately make you start taking French lessons. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible.
1: Did they have you do that for the one game you played?
0: The one game? I I had to take lessons all night. Yeah, they're (laughs) like, you're going to be talking to French media. You got to know what you're saying, this and that. No, it's, no, whatever. I love Montreal. Don't get me wrong. But just the whole French thing, I just can't wrap my head around. You've counted on restaurants, now they are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. Love that place. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag. That's bluewire, all one word. Bet online, they are your online sport book experts. All right, what else, Tim? What did you think?
1: Uh, so the Dubnik... And, and Ryan Donato in two separate trades probably at the same time were traded from Minnesota to San Jose. Uh, I like Donato for the Sharks. I think he's a, a good, solid player, and I think in the right situation, like he's going to be a 50-point 50, 50 type guy, but I think he's going to have years where he's going to flirt with 70 um, in the right situation, maybe like a David Krejci at his best. Um, but it, And it's also good for the Sharks to get younger, right? And then I guess a younger player who can play with like the hurdles of the world because they they definitely have a problem with age I don't know what Dubnik does for them the good thing is Dubnik's only under contract for one more season so it's not like it's it's not a huge risk that you're taking on but still I, I don't understand it hopefully they can they're hoping he can get back to his former self three four five years ago when he was one of the better goalies in the league um but even when he was like his 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 span of being an elite goalie was only a couple of years. Like, it wasn't like he was an established dominant goalie. He kind of he came into his own, say, five years ago. And for a year or two or three, he was a really good goalie. He had some elite numbers. I think he was a Vezina nominate, uh, nomination once. Yeah. Uh, but he has nothing been close to that. And if he's, if he's healthy, maybe they kind of catch fire with him. But it's, it's a strange trade to me.
0: You think Ryan Donato... Is going to be a consistent fifty to sixty point guy with a breakout year potentially one year. I think he's gonna. I said fifty, but yeah. Are you are you crazy? This is a guy who was in Boston. They sent him down. He was a big signing from college, and he just did absolutely nothing in Boston. So they sent him down to Providence. This
1: guy, when he was like twenty years
0: old, he has been an absolute bust from what people thought he was going to be. That's my opinion on Ryan Donato. He's an okay player. I think he lands on the fourth line. That's where I think he lands. And if he plays okay, maybe you get him on the third line center role. There's no way this guy is going to see first or second line minutes. No way. I think you're just like still living in La La Land because he played for Boston for a little bit.
1: I, I, like, I like him. And, I mean, we, we traded him for Charlie Coyle straight up, uh, which, of course... Which is
0: a terrible trade, like, in its own right, Charlie Coyle is great. I don't know why people think you could just trade him for – that was the trade, him for Coyle straight up. There was a draft pick involved. No. What?
1: Yep. Two years That's ago.
0: insane. That's absolutely insane. From Minnesota to Boston.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. And he was uh, – I think they wanted to get out of the contract, pick up a young player – and Donato at that time, and you know the pedigree's there. It's just a matter of will he will he pan out or not? I think he I think he can. I think he can put up some big numbers in the right situation. I see, we saw flashes of it. He hasn't done it yet, but um, I think in San Jose is probably where he'll get a little bit of a, a, a leash to, to to see what he can do. Um, what about Nick? What do you think about that?
0: I think that was just. It's a very strange move. What does San Jose do now with Martin Jones? I I don't understand why they would ever do that. I think you nailed it right on the head. Dubnik has had some good years in his career, but he's on like, he's on the wrong side of his career. And we see this with a lot of goalies in free agency. Now they had a ton of success and now they're kind of on the back ends of their career. And what are you going to get from these goalies when you sign them? Hopefully, you get their best. I think San Jose is hoping for the best year. Obviously when you're requiring a guy like this, he's a big body when he's on his game, he's as good as anybody in the game, but when's the last time he was on his game? What, what do you get and how is this different from Martin Jones? You know what I mean? Like it's almost a lateral move. So who knows Doug Wilson, what he has up his sleeve, but I just don't get it. I honestly don't get it. Was there any draft picks involved in this trade or was it just Devin Dubnik
1: I think there was a draft pick involved, um, but nothing serious. I think like a third-round
0: pick. And I don't know why they do the trades like this separately. I don't understand what yeah. the deal is. All right, so exchange Dave exchanged draft picks, and he has one year left on his contract. Minnesota Wild. So he got traded for a fifth-round pick, which, was, which is what I got traded for. So me and Dubnik are pretty much the same player at this point in our career. So listen, he's almost 35 years old. He, he hasn't arguably been good for a a few years. Why make this trade? Are they going to buy him out? Are they going to use him as a backup? He can't rightfully go into the season thinking that Devin Dubnik is going to be your starter. The Minnesota wild has made that mistake the last two years and it's just cost them their season. Thank goodness for Al Stalock, kind of bailing him out this past year where Al played half the season and stood on his head. I don't get it. Is there some kid that I don't know about in this upcoming draft, not the one they just had yesterday, but next year that San Jose is already angling for, like they're already tanking? They're going to have three goalies on the roster, all three who are just not very good, below average NHL goalies? I don't know. It's very, strange. very, very strange what's happening. I don't know. I don't like it, but it it's just kind of the goalie carousels. Now you can add Martin Jones to the mix. Is he going to be in the NHL next year, Martin Jones? Does he deserve to be?
1: He will be. Yeah, he will be.
0: He's really fallen from grace from his time with L.A. He was the next big thing. When he was a backup for Quick, everyone was like, this guy is a stud. He he is just biding his time. He, he was like when Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett Favre. He's like, this guy is unbelievable. He just needs a chance. And he's had a chance now for the last few years and he's he had the decent year when they made the cup finals. But I, since then, he's been just, just atrocious, like absolutely atrocious. And that's not even, that's not even saying that harshly. Like he's been a bad goalie, but what are you going to do? He's got a contract. San Jose's sticking with him. There's no other options in that organization. So uh, what are you going to do? Now they have the superstar Devin Dubnik. They have, gosh, for tandem of goalies for the amount of money that they make, here we are talking about goalies again. Why are we doing this? Why do we do this to ourselves?
1: For the I amount of money
0: they make, they sure must thing. be the worst tandem in the league right now. They must be the worst goaltending tandem in the league.
1: They make about $8 million between the two of them.
0: The worst in the league. I challenge you to find a worse pairing in the league that makes that much money.
1: Martin Impossible. Jones is under contract for four more years.
0: Yeah, and what does he make? Four Schmill? 5.75. <laughs> Isn't that – yeah, they're not getting out from that contract. Why don't they buy him out?
1: They should. Maybe they will now.
0: I Maybe, I, maybe they will. That's the next step. Then you can add Martin Jones to the list of Holpees and Matt Murray's and Lunkvist And how about Lunkvist being tied to Washington Capitals? Did I not say that last episode, that he's going to go to Washington?
1: I think maybe. I said that.
0: No, you're crazy. And then Washington signs my former teammate, Brendan Dillon, for an insane amount of money. So this is the latest signing. I scratch my head sometimes, and I I don't understand what people see. And listen, Dilly's a friend of mine. I I, I consider him a friend. I don't know what people see in this guy. I really don't. And I, I told this to his face when I was teammates with him in San Jose. We would be playing cards and I'd be like, Dilly, I don't know how you're making money. Like, you're not a good defenseman. And I would tell it to his face. I'm like, I don't understand what people see in you. What did he say back? He just would laugh because he'd think I, would, I was joking. <laughs> and I would be like, no, you're not tough. You get beat up every fight. You hit a little bit and then you just get burnt wide every game. I remember it, we, just, we, when my we mind.
1: When we had dinner with uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, Pickles, and and he, we heard of him just talk about how he's kind of like quarterback in the defense, and he's like coaching even from the bench more than the coaches do sometimes. And yeah. and I asked yeah. you, like, what, what, is, what does he think about someone like Brendan Dillon on, on, as a third-pairing guy? And like, oh, he's the exact kind of player that would drive Pickles crazy on the ice.
0: He just got quiet. Yeah, because he doesn't know what he's – So he signs with Washington. I think he's getting just under $4 million a year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think he got four years – for 13 or was it 15 million bucks he's getting around 4 million a year 3.9 so that's a lot of money and yes they they just lost um kemfer he's done for the year he had a hamstring injury last year and i guess something happened in his rehab where he's done for the year so they'll lose that money off the book so it's not like they're they're going to be in trouble salary cap wise but i'm telling you what if you have four million bucks to spend i'm not spending four million dollars on brendan Dillon. I, I I just am not. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like I like the guy. If I'm signing Brendan Dillon to a contract, I'm giving him one point one point five million bucks a, a year. That's that's what I'm giving him. Maybe, maybe, maybe two million dollars a year. But three point nine? What 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 were his numbers? You you talk for a little bit. I'm gonna pull up Brendan Dillon's stats and and you tell me if this is a guy who should make 4 million bucks. Go ahead, Tim. Tell tell me. So
1: another notable resigning another sharks teammate of yours, I think uh, Justin Braun, did you play with him in in San Jose?
0: I play with Ronnie. This is a guy who is a better defenseman than Brendan Dillon. I saw this signing. Yeah. He he is hands down better than Brendan Dillon.
1: He got a two years, $3.6 million contract to stay with the flyers. So 1.3 or one point one
0: point
1: eight 1.8 a year. Yeah. 1.8 a year.
0: And, And he is much better than Brendan Dillon.
1: And so that's, that's the money you want to give. That's the, the contract you want to give Dillon. Is that two years, 1.8? That's like right in your wheelhouse there.
0: That is right in my wheelhouse for him. So anyways, okay, here is Dilly. Let's see. We'll go back to 2015. He played 76 games. How many points? 23. 11. 2016-17, <laughs> he played 81 games. How many points?
1: 23.
0: 10. Oh, my goodness. The next year, 81 games.
1: Uh, 14. 22.
0: 22, <laughs> 22. This past year, 13 in 70 games.
1: Do they shut down lines? Do they shut down he players? He
0: not shut down lines. He is not a guy you can throw it against the first line. He, You play him against the other team's third and fourth line. He plays tough. He kills penalties. He's good at that role. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Justin Braun, you can throw versus the other team's top line. He's the guy who's got speed. He plays smart. He doesn't overextend himself. He knows he knows his limits, you know? Oh, good for Dilly. Like he's he's fooling everybody. This is what we are. This is what we always said. Like, fooled him again, Dilly, didn't you? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Anyways, you can tag him. And I don't care. Get him on the show. I'll tell him right to his face. You know, <laughs> Mr. Brendan Dillon, good for you. Signed a big deal. Should we talk about the, the, the buyouts? or? Is yeah. There a no, a couple of big go.
1: buyouts. Um, advocator, not really a surprise. Uh, He's just not a good player anymore. It hasn't been yeah. for a while.
0: It's sad because when he was at his best, he was so effective. He, he really was one of the best power forwards in the game for, I think, a three- or four-year stretch where he could get in on the forecheck, he could fight, he could make plays offensively. You could put him on the first line if you needed him to be on the first line. Like, he was really effective for a long, long time. But he is just – he's a shell of his former self. So it is sad. He's a a local guy, you know, went to school in the area, just got bought. He just came out with a book I saw. Good for him. It looks like a, you know, kid's book, I think. So, anyways, like, what it is to be Justin Ablocator. I don't know. Pick it up (laughs) if you want to read about Justin Ablocator. But, yeah, he got bought out rightfully so he should have been bottled last year yeah anyways who who
1: else uh jack johnson
0: (sighs) jack johnson i know question would you rather hang out with jack johnson the hockey player or jack johnson the singer uh i would go the hockey it's player it's as simple as something that nobody knows that her eyes are as big as her bubbly toes on a feet on the back of the hill remember that song nope what you don't no. know who jack johnson is
1: i do but i don't really know much of his music is that banana pancakes Does he sing that song
0: yeah, yeah yeah he's banana pancake he was big for a while back when like uh dave matthews band was huge
1: yeah not my right kind there. of
0: music genre now what's your kind of music then mm.
1: You, you wouldn't know. It's not on the radio.
0: What is it? Tell me.
1: It's like, uh, I like the like indie folk rock stuff. It's usually not on the radio. Yeah. I go to the record store, John.
0: You're so, you're so, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just so annoying sometimes. <laughs> you go to the uh, record store. All right, I so do. Carl Alsner got bought out from Montreal.
1: Yeah, not a huge surprise there either.
0: Why would they wait so long to buy him out? He's been sitting in the AHL for two years, and then they wait until his last year of his contract to buy him out, where they're really only saving themselves a couple hundred thousand dollars. I don't understand this buyout. Like, like I don't know, whatever. He got bought out. The guy's been sitting in Laval for two years paying zero escrow. Last year was the best year of his life when these guys were getting killed by escrow at the end of the season. He didn't have to pay a dime of that because there's no escrow in the AHL, so he made his full contract. So good for him milking the system. Good for Mark Bergeron for absolutely blowing that one again. So who else? There was one more buyout. Or no, that was it. Those were the three.
1: Those are the three. A couple of just other quick notable signings. Spezza gets a one-year deal and stays with Toronto. Good for him. He's from Toronto and um, from the area, and obviously he we, he was kind of a whipping boy there, but that was under Babcock's reign. Um, and he played a little bit more when when Babcock was uh, was removed from the organization. So, good for him. I hope he gets a, a cup run. I'd like to see him win a cup. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it won't happen. Um, no, Toronto will no. not
0: win the cup next year. Not a chance.
1: Yeah, and just a couple of notable news. It looks more and more like Taylor Hall is going to be traded. Um, a lot of offers happening there. I think, I, I mean, it's it's Wednesday morning now and nothing huge has happened. Domi uh, Anderson trade was the biggest one so far, but we still think that something big is going to happen this week. Um, Ekman Larson set a deadline for Arizona that if I'm not traded by Friday, I'm coming back. So that's the deadline. It's still the only two teams that are having conversations right now are Vancouver and Boston. Um, so we'll see what happens there uh a fantasy what do, you out? Of,
0: what do you think about that his agent kind of putting down the gauntlet to arizona saying let's get this done giving him a deadline like do you like that move do you think that spurs a deal or does that kind of rush everyone and just end a deal right there because they they are just they feel rushed
1: uh i don't know i mean do you think do you think it's it's uh legitimate or do you think he's just kind of putting pressure on the situation and playing a little game of chess there
0: no, I think, well, his agent came out and he said, like, we're putting this deadline because A, I don't want my players sitting around all off season wondering if he's going to get traded. And B, I, I think the longer you sit there and wait, the the less likely it is for somebody to get traded because teams, they, they lose patience. They, they want to fill those holes. And when you're waiting on one guy and you see all these other guys, you know, off the board, off the board, off the board, next thing you know, like they, they panic. So I kind of like this move. Like, if if I was just always in limbo, because like OEL, he's he has the leverage here. He doesn't have to move at all. Like, he has full no trade no trade clause. So he's giving them the window to you know negotiate with Vancouver and Boston. Those are the two teams that he's picked. And he said, "Listen, make it happen, or else you know I'm a, I'm I'm done. I'm staying here. You can pay me whatever he makes a year. What is it? Eight million, ten million bucks a year for the next seven years. Like that that's fine with me. Which is kind of crummy because. He, he tied himself to this organization when they were terrible. And he said, listen, I'll commit myself to you. I won't hit free agency. I want to stay here. And all of a sudden they get new ownership when they have a change of heart. And so, I don't know, good for him for setting his, his, uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for. He's setting the groundworks for the trade. He doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be toyed with. He's like, listen, get it done by Friday. I'm done. Good for him. I like that. You know he he committed to this team, and all of a sudden they, they want to get out from under this contract. So I don't I don't think he gets moved. I don't I don't think it happens. I don't think Boston is going to figure out their salary cap before then. In Vancouver, they have good defensemen. They don't need Oliver ekman larsman coming in. Like they already have a solid D So I think he stays in Arizona, um, and that's where it ends. And I think Taylor Hall finishes his career in Edmonton. He's going to go back there, and he's going to sign. And he'll, he'll play. I honestly believe that. I think he goes to Edmonton. I really, really believe that. I think he enjoyed his time there. I don't think he wanted to get traded from Edmonton. And how fun would it be if he went back there and kind of resurrected that team? Because now that McDavid has COVID, who knows what's going to happen? He, he might not come yeah. back. He might have didn't, to amputate his foot.
1: Didn't you have a, a cool moment with Taylor Hall with the, in the All-Star thing? Because he was on your team, right?
0: I showered with him.
1: I oh, saw his beanie.
0: Yeah, it was great. We were showering together after the game, after the All-Star game and all the hoopla and stuff. And um, he goes to me, hey, I just want to let you know, it was really, really great playing with you this weekend. That was a lot of fun. And I was like, really, Taylor? He's like, yeah, this was like a blast, man. Like it was, it was a good weekend. And we were, we were very excited to play with you. So thanks. Like you did, you did awesome. I was like, awesome. Thanks, man. Oh, nice. I'm like, you want me to get your back? <laughs> He's like, no, I got it. I was like, all right, fine, fine. I took it too far. But, no, he's a cool kid. You didn't have to say that. It was just a really nice moment. It is what it is. So, so before
1: we wrap up, I know, I know you don't really care about video games, but NHL 21 is coming out in a couple of weeks, and they started, like, teasing out their rankings. And they released a the top 10 defenseman, and the list is just an abomination. It is really bad. You got, Tell uh, me the list. Yeah, so Hedman one, No big surprise. Carlson, two, Okay with that. Number three, 91 overall, Drew Dowdy.
0: Ooh, interesting. Okay. Four is
1: Yozzi. Five, Petrangelo. Okay. I mean, Dowdies shouldn't – I don't think should be in the top ten. Okay. But number three is kind of crazy, but the rest is okay. Number six, Eric Carlson. Number seven, Shea Weber. Number eight, Chris Letang. Number nine, Brent Burns. Number ten, Zach
0: Borensky. It sounds like the worst Seth Jones.
1: That's what I'm saying. Seth Jones should be in the top – I mean, he's not going to get top five yet, but he should be six or seven, something like that. He should be a 90 overall.
0: I feel like that ranking is from 2015.
1: I know. It's crazy.
0: It's very outdated. Interesting.
1: I mean, mean, Hamilton could be a top 10 defenseman. Seth Jones, uh, McCarr. Dougie Hamilton. Dude, he's... You and your Boston guys. Giordano. What about Giordano? I mean, come on. McCarr. I would
0: take Doughty over Giordano. I think Doughty's good. He's just on a dumpy team now. You can't fault him for that. But third...
1: if you were ranking your top ten defensemen, I don't think Dowdy gets in there. Maybe, maybe back you don't know me. Yeah, I don't you know. Don't know
0: me. I don't. Uh, let's do this for next episode. Do you have time now that your mom's leaving today? Can you do? Can you do something? I can pencil you in. Can you rank your top five defensemen and your top five forwards? Yeah, forwards is harder. But, yeah, we'll see where we'll see where we land because I'm still kind of on fire about this Roman Yosi thing i don't think he's a top five guy
1: that's just that's asinine dude come on
0: what did you just call me
1: asinine that's insane that's at least a 10
0: have you seen this back there i got a 10 (laughs) okay you understand that joke or not? i did it's
1: it's time to hang up and go start our day john
0: all right i've been up since 2 30 a.m i'm just are you kidding me i'm ready for lunch it's only seven in the morning all right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you on Friday. Right, listen, again, I apologize for Tim. I, I, if we ever debated like a presidential debate, would you get so embarrassed by how much you're getting beat you would just walk off the stage? Because this is just oh, – What just, is that in
1: reference to? What are you talking about?
0: Just even the Roman Yosi thing. Just, you know, Roman
1: Yossi Ryan is a Ryan top three defenseman.
0: On Nashville, Correct. <laughs>
1: Okay. Uh, John. All right, everybody. We'll stay
0: well. We'll talk to you on Friday. See you, Tim. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening.
1: Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise, including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.